Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of In The Saddle podcast. I'm Katie Midwinter and I'll be hosting the podcast this evening whilst Chris Loder can have a bit of a break. We'll be looking ahead at all the action across the cars on Saturday at Air, Newbury and hopefully we'll be able to get a chance to talk about the racing at the Curra too. Maybe try and fit in a bit from Newmarket and York as well. Chris, first of all, how does it feel to be let off the hosting duties this week? Are you able to relax a little bit more than usual? Yeah, I am. It's nice to have a change, you know. Um, take it nice and easy. Feels like I'm on a on a little bit of a holiday. So yeah, I'm enjoying. I'm I'm going to enjoy it tonight. I think being on the punditry side of things, and yeah, hopefully we can find some uh, winners for the listeners. Yeah, it's nice to have a bit of a change. So hopefully, I do a good job hosting, and hopefully the listeners enjoy it. Um, before we get into the action at the weekend, let's have a quick look back at the week that's been. We had a full team on the pod last week with Izzy and Liz also joining us. We previewed the St. Ledger meeting and I'm pretty sure we found a few winners between us. Now, the Stoll have had the Harvest Festival this week too. We had the Kerry National yesterday and some black type races at Sandown and Yarmouth as well. But what has been your highlight of the past week, Chris? Yeah, my highlight, I'd probably say, was last weekend with the St. Ledger. We only obviously had nine runners going into it, but I thought it was actually quite a good renewal, and I think the form could definitely work out well in time. I thought Continuous was a was a worthy winner on the day, one of your favourite horses in training at the moment. Um, but the one that I was impressed with was Desert Hero. I put him up, and I thought he was maybe a little bit unlucky in the running. Um, it just took him a while to get get out and get a clear passage. But when he did, I like the way how he battled and stayed on. Now, obviously, he probably wasn't good enough uh, to beat Continuous on the day, but maybe next season, if they step him up and trip to two miles, I think he could be uh, an interesting candidate in the staying division. He's from the family of Dartmouth, who was a really useful stayer to the Queens. So you'd like to think that stepping up and trip, um, he could go well. He's got a real battling attitude. He's got a heart of a lion, I think. And, uh, yeah, I think um, if Connections do decide to keep him in training next year, step him up uh, in those races like the Ascot, uh, Gold Cup, the Goodwood Cup, uh, some of the other big stair races as well. I think he could be a major player and, um, yeah, I'm quite excited to see him next season. I thought the Ledger wasn't a bad race at all and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how the form works out. Yeah, there's even some talk that Desert Hero could make the trip down under and go to Australia for the Melbourne Cup. What do you think of his chances if he does go there? No, I wouldn't be keen for him to go to the Melbourne Cup, personally. Um, I'd just keep him in the UK, give him a nice break for the winter, and then put him in training next year. I think sometimes, even though it is a great race, um, the race that stops the nation, the Melbourne Cup, um, I'm, I'm, I would be a bit concerned he, he lacks the experience to, to go down there. Uh, I think you need a horse that's maybe a little bit more battle-hardened, um, has got maybe a bit, a bit more experience over those kinds of stand trips. And, yeah, I, I, I would probably swerve it for the time being, and I think they probably will. Yeah, maybe a horse that's more like Vauban, because looks like he's going to be quite difficult to beat in that. I have to agree with you. My highlight was definitely the St. Ledger as well. I was really happy to see continuous win. I was keen on him before the race, and I, and I thought he ran brilliantly to give Aidan O'Brien a seventh St. Ledger success. I'd quite like to see him be supplemented for the Yark now because the Yark, it looks quite a wide open race at the moment. Um, that is, unless Ace Impact turns out to be a real superstar. So I guess we'll see in the next week or so if 
continuous is going to be supplemented for the Axe. You think that will happen? Potentially. Um, I would maybe be a little bit concerned about the ground if it was soft. We normally get soft uh, ground arcs now uh, over the last few years. So that would be a slight concern. And for me, Aiden O'Brien, he's, he, he just doesn't have the kind of horses to run in the arc anymore. Yes, he will run a, probably a couple of horses in there, but he hasn't had the winner since 2016. And in the last few years, he's not really had a horse even good enough to be right in, in the mix. So that would be... Uh, a bit of a concern for me, and I'll probably be looking elsewhere from Ballydoyle. Sorry to uh, to offend you there, Katie. I know you're Aiden's biggest fan at the moment. No, I I think the ground has probably been going against his horses in recent renewals. I know that Luxembourg, I'm a big fan of his, and last year the ground completely went against him because I think he's a good mile and a quarter horse, but a mile and a half on soft ground, I don't think it's Luxembourg's thing. But continuous he's quite ground versatile we know now he stays a mile and three quarters very well and i think dropping him back in trip it could be quite a, a good idea but yeah going back to desert hero as well i was really impressed with him in the paddock he looked very well at doncaster i was lucky enough to be there it was a great atmosphere as well see the king charles and and queen consort there too um i thought it, it brought some great extra media attention to the sport and positive attention as well which is Always a good thing. But now we'll look ahead to this weekend's action and we have Ayr's big flat meeting to discuss. And we're going to kick off in the 150. It's the Virgin Bet Daily Extra Places Duneside Cup Stakes. It's a listed race over a mile and a quarter. And my Prospero heads the market for William Haggis at 11 to 8. We have Royal Rhyme at 7 to 2 for Carl Burke. Pelvic Dream, an Irish Raider at eight to one for Noel Mead. Pride of America as well, around eight to one for Amy Murphy. And it bigger are uh, the rest. Chris, who caught your eye in the one fifty at air? Yeah, I'm probably going to be boring here and go with the the favourite, my Prospero. Some people might say he's been a little bit disappointing this year. Maybe not quite gone on to the heights that people thought. He was uh, going to go down. But I just think he's had a couple of excuses. Um, it's interesting that they're actually reaching here for the first time. Cheap pieces. Maybe they think he just needs to focus a little bit. But to be fair to him, what's he done? He's finished fourth in the lock-in during his seasonal reappearance. That wasn't a bad run. He then went to um, to uh, the Prince of Wales at Royal Ascot behind Mostadaf. We've seen that form been boosted. And last time out, he was beaten half a length by Owens Burroughs as Anna Fahler, um in the city of York States. I didn't necessarily think that was a bad run. Uh, I think Al Fahler didn't run too badly finishing fifth in the Irish Champion Stakes. I think that was arguably one of the best races we've seen so far on the flat this year. This is obviously a massive step down in grade from what he's been uh, running in uh, over the last 12 months or so. So they found a good opportunity. Um, I've got 11 to 8 on my screen. I don't know if you've got that price in front of you, Katie, but I think he'll probably go off even money on the day. A um, bit of juice in the ground won't harm him as well. His probably main season target will be um, will be the champion stakes. Um on Champions Day at Ascot. Uh, he finished third in the race last year uh, when he wasn't too far behind Bay Bridge. So I could see him definitely going back there. And um, yeah, I think this is this is a good prep race for that um, 
target probably next month. Uh, William Haggis won the race a few years ago with Vadeb, uh, who was a, a good um, horse for the for the stable. And for me, I, I think uh, he's been found a really good opportunity. So sorry to be boring, but I'm going to side with the jolly my Prospero. Yeah, I couldn't really put anyone off my Prospero, to be honest. You make a good case for him there, Chris. And he's £9 player of the field on ratings. Also, William Haggis, he had a 38% strike rate at air last season. And I, I don't think he'd be sending a horse all the way from Newmarket up to, to Scotland just to make up the numbers. And it is a big drop in, in grades for him to listed company. So, look, he has a favourite chance. But I was really keen on his chances at York last time out. Um, and I'm I'm not going to stick with him, I'm afraid. I think he could be potentially be vulnerable to maybe a more improving type in Royal Rhine or in the I in the Irish Raider Helvic Dream, who I thought ran very well to finish third in the Royal Whip Stakes. I think that's a good form line. I think he'll enjoy softer conditions. I believe it's been raining in uh, this afternoon and it is forecast for more rain as well. So I think if if it does turn into quite testing round, maybe that could get my Prospero beaten. So I'd be happy to take him on, possibly um, with Helvic Dream, but I don't think it would be any surprise to see him win. And really looking at him on the card, on ratings, he really should be winning this. So those are my thoughts. I think probably Helvic Dream from an each way angle, he could just make the frame. Yeah, I think Connections would be really disappointed if my Prospero didn't win this and probably win it well as well, um, considering that they've always really um, held him in high regard. So this is definitely the easiest opportunity he's had for a long time. And you know, like I say, I think William Haggis would be really frustrated if he didn't win this. Yeah, first time cheap piece as well. That can make all of the difference. And I'd say you're right with the price. Lamb to eight is the best price I'm seeing, but he's five to four elsewhere. And he could well shorten because he is the class in the field. So, yeah, William Haggis, he could get off to a, a good start with my Prospero on Saturday. The second race we're going to look at, a little bit different this time, a 25 runner field in the Virgin Bet Air Silver Cup Handicap over six furlongs. Rathbone is the market leader at 15 to 2. Jump the Gun, 8 to 1. Gulliver, 9 to 1. Wob, wob, wob. 10 to 1, Call Me Ginger at 12, Danzan at 12, and Bigger are the rest. Chris, a bit of a minefield in this one, a tough race to try and work out. Who made your shortlist? Yeah, I'm probably going to um, stay loyal here to Wob Wob Wob. Um, I put him up last time where I thought he ran an absolute cracker um, in the great St. Wilfred. Um, he's been campaigned uh, over the last uh, couple of years more over seven furlongs to a mile. And it, I thought it was a good move to drop him back over the sprinting trip last time out. He won his group on the on the far side, you know. So I think you really do have to uh, mark up that effort. Summer Gans uh, went on to dead heat at the Evil Festival next time out. So the form doesn't look too bad there. He's probably going to be up with the pace. They've booked Holly Doyle, who's, uh, in my opinion, one of the best jockeys uh, from the front. So if this horse can get off to a really good start, he might just be hard to peg back. And we know he's got the stamina to last over a little bit further. And I think his mark of 87 isn't too bad. But you could make a case 
for plenty in here. I think sometimes this race can be can have a draw of bias, you know. Um, you, the last few years it's been handy to to be low. Um, wob wob wob, stall eleven. That's not too bad. I think the winner of this uh, race um, last year, uh, Dusky Lord, he was in ten, so pretty similar uh, position there from the draw. Second in that last year's renewal was uh, thirteen with woven, so. He's drawn in the right kind of area, so that's going to give us some hope here. But uh, yeah, um, this this is going to be hard. I think you'll be doing well to get one in what the first what six, maybe seven places on offer with some bookmakers. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're going to probably want a couple of darts. But for me, I'm just going to keep it simple here. Wob wob wob. Well, I think the top two in the market, Rathbone and Jump the Gun. I'm probably quite well in here. And my preference would be Rathbone. He's about £6 well in on official ratings. And he has Bonaplanus claiming £3 off his rating rate. And I think just off of the mark of 82, he's got an excellent chance here. He's looking for a hat-trick of wins. He finished last but one in last year's renewal um, for his previous connections. But I think the higher draw this time out and a lower weight, I think he could see him be more competitive. And I don't think the soft ground will be too much of a worry for him either. But Jump the Gun, I think, has got an excellent chance as well. There were a couple of bigger prices that really caught my eye. Um, one of them is Admiral D. He does have a low draw, but I think he could be able to outrun what is likely to be a massive odds uh, on the day. He's £10 lower than when he was seventh in the Air Gold Cup last year. He hasn't been in great form this season, but I think if he's able to rediscover some of his old form, uh, he's got a good chance of, of making the frame. He's only a four-year-old. I think he could still be capable of showing a little bit more improvement against some of his older rivals. So I'd give him a squeak. And also Snazzy Jazzy, who's the outsider of the field. He's a classy performer on his day. I think he will enjoy... Um, conditions if they do turn up as, as quite soft on the day and he's recently switched Yaz now trained by um, Seb Spencer and maybe that could just reignite a bit of a spark he's around 66 to 1 he's a course and distance winner um, so maybe one to outrun his odds there yes yeah, Nazi Jazzy just looking back at the roll call of this race he actually won it in uh, 2018 I remember him he was a really good horse but like you say, he kind of lost his way a little bit over the years. But, yeah, why not? With a soft ground likely to be in his favour, big price, he could definitely maybe outrun his odds. Yeah, that's it. As you said, it's going to be difficult to find ones even placed in here. So, I mean, why not take a chance on a, a proven horse at the track in the race uh, in Snazzy Jazzy? Maybe one to watch. The next race we're going to preview is the 3 o'clock, the Virgin Bet, Best Odds Daily, First of Clyde Stakes, a Group 3 for the Phillies, run over six furlongs, and Rakia, Patrick Seekin Rakia, is the market leader, around 11 to 8. Great Generation, 9 to 2 for Marco Botti, Dorothy Lawrence, 15 to 2, Navassa Island, 15 to 2 as well, Pretty Crystal, 10 to 1, and Bigger are the rest. Nine go to post here, Chris. Who takes your fancy? Yeah, I thought this was a little bit of a, of a tricky puzzle to work out because I think there's potentially a few likely winners. Um, there could be a few results here uh, thrown up and I wouldn't be at all surprised by any of them. Rakia, 
I was really impressed with her win last time out at Haydock. I think I remember that WhatsApping you saying, back this horse next time out. So obviously it's finding itself here. Um, but I think she's maybe a little bit too short and the ground that day at Haydock was a little bit quicker. So I might be a little bit put off if the ground is going to be riding on the soft side. Dorothy Lawrence is a horse that's been to the well plenty of times. She's pretty battle-hardened. She's got form at this track she could go well she's the best in here on ratings of 100 and then we've got great generation who's two out of two won a listed race last time out of chester and could be open to more improvement the one i came down on the side of was uh pretty crystal for richard fahi um richard fahi's actually got quite a good record in this race he's won um two of the last three renewals uh this filly pretty crystal last time we saw her she finished fourth at uh, goodwood in a group three there in the prestige stakes on soft ground she didn't run too badly she was just beaten two and a half lengths i just think maybe she just didn't get home that day uh, i think the drop back to six furlongs will suit her we've seen the form boosted by darnation who won at the saint ledger meeting at doncaster last week um winning the group two juvenile village race on the card there so it's good to see that form get a boost and i just think there'll be a bit of pace on in here i think dorothy lawrence likes to go forward so it was set up quite nicely for her and i just think pretty crystal i've got 10 to 1 uh, in front of me here i think that's a good each way bet we've got enough runners in here for uh, for three places so yeah uh, as it stands at the moment i think pretty crystal uh, could be a good one to at least fill the frame. Pretty crystal it is for Chris. I'm really keen on the chances of Dorothy Lawrence in this. As you mentioned, Chris, she has that bit of experience. She's the highest rated filly in the race. And I think her last two runs have been very impressive, including at higher grade as well. The ground is probably the slight unknown with her. Um, and I think she might be a better filly on, on better ground. Um, but I, I don't see too much of a reason why she shouldn't cope with it if it is a, a little bit soft there. I thought her her run when she was up in trip at, at York, her run behind relief rally, I thought it was a brilliant form line. And I think it really sets the standard um, in here. She's form on good to soft ground. Um, it's just that unproven form if it does turn into really testing ground. But her size is progeny. They have a 22% record on soft ground and a dam was placed in a listed race on soft too so i'm hoping that it won't be too much of an inconvenience um if it does turn up as quite soft carl burke is the trainer to follow at air as well i'd say and he's in form at the moment to doing well with his two-year-olds this year as well so i think dorothy lawrence i'm i'm really keen on her chances she was a bit bigger earlier as well in the market at double figure price and and I thought that was very surprising. So now she's around 15 to 2, best price available for her. But she's as short as 4 to 1 with some bookmakers, which I think is a, a fairer reflection on her chances. So for me, I'm really keen on Dorothy Lawrence. Yeah, Dorothy Lawrence, I, I wouldn't put you off like you say at all there. Um, she was probably the next one on my radar. Carl Burke as well. Uh, it's been well documented this season how well he's been going with his juveniles. I think I saw the other day he had his 50th juvenile winner of the season, which is just unbelievable. Um, this horse obviously has been a good servant for him so far this season. The only concern I would have maybe um, with Dorothy Lawrence is I thought Soprano should have won that race last time out at New at uh, Salisbury in the Dick Paul Stakes. Um, kind of blew the start, didn't 
get the rub of the green and then flew home late on. I'd just be worried maybe that maybe Dorothy Lawrence could be vulnerable to a, to a closer. But yeah, I think she's got a good solid chance and I think she'll be there or thereabouts. So if you fancy her, I wouldn't put you off at all. The next race on the card is the 335 Virgin Bet Air Gold Cup Handicap, a heritage handicap run over six furlong. Just the 25 runners in here. An easy task to find the winner in this one. Uh, Horatio is the market leader, eight to one. Joanne Lapine for Michael Appleby at ten to one. Significantly for Julie Camacho, ten to one. Summergand, an old favourite there for David O'Meara, ten to one. Elise Dancer at twelves. Rohan at twelves. Bielsa, former winner of the race at fourteens. Mister Wagyu, another old favourite at fourteens. And bigger are the rest. Chris, who made your shortlist in this one? Yeah, this is really tricky. Um, I, I said to you earlier that every year it comes around to this race, so I always fancy one. Um, I always think it's it's key to be up with the pace. I think if if you get off to a slow start, you're up against it, and it it's just really hard to come back from 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 it. So I want to be looking at something that's going to be up with the pace. Um, and normally when I put one of these kind of horses up, they actually do blow the start. Funnily enough, um, so I'm hoping it's not going to happen again this year, but. The one that I quite like um, is Northern Express for Paul Mulrennan and Michael Dodds. He's carrying one of the bigger weights in the field. He's uh, number four on your race card, so he's the, carrying the fourth highest weight of the uh, ninth stone 11. Off the mark here of 103. Has been campaigned really well this season, over slightly further. He's um, placing plenty of big handicaps over seven furlongs to a mile. I know this is a race that uh, Michael Dodds really wants to win. I actually saw, um, I think it was on one of the Racing Life programmes on uh, Racing TV, My Racing Life. They actually went to Michael Dodds' yard before um, before the Eagle Festival and he was saying that they were toying with, the, with running Northern Express in this race because they're yet to win the race. And uh, I think, like I say, he's a horse that normally is ridden quite prominently or he can come off a strong pace. He's quite versatile, but I don't think he'll be too far off it at all. He's 25 to 1, you know. I think I think that's a big price. He was last seen finishing fifth behind Ropey Guest. Time before that, he finished fourth at Ascot. He won at York. Third at Royal Ascot behind Chanup, who's uh, been a good horse this season for Rich Tannen. Plenty of decent form next to his name. Yes, he may be a bit high in the weights, but I think he's going to run a, a pretty good race, and I think he'll go close. Summergand as well is a horse you have to give a chance to. Obviously, he's top weight in here, but he regularly runs his uh, race in these kind of uh, events. And the old boy Bielsa as well, um, previous winner of the race. Um, looks like he's been laid out for it. He's um, in there off 99. He did run, run off this uh, handicap mark in the race last year, so... Maybe he's not he's not quite that well in, but we know he can handle the track. He doesn't mind a bit of ease in the ground. And his last run at uh, Glorious Goodwood, uh, when he finished um, third in the uh, Stewart's Cup, I thought was, was a good good run. So, um, yeah, I think Bielsa as well would have to make the shortlist. But if I had to give a number one fancy, it would probably be Northern Express. Yeah, Chris, I was actually looking quite a bit at Bielsa. And I think he's got a very good chance of a mark of 99. He's a pound higher than money won uh, last time. But it's just that draw from store one. I think it could be a bit of an inconvenience for him, which is a shame. But you never know. I mean, stranger things have happened. He could well 
break well from the stores and get into a good position and you know, they, they might be faster on that side. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But for me, store one, it put me off slightly um, with him in here. The one that I, I really am leaning towards, and it's quite unusual for me because I tend to look away from the favourites, um, especially in a really big race like this. I quite like to go for a big price horse and hope that that they can outrun their, their odds. But I'm really keen on Orazio for, for Charlie Hills, Jim Crowley in the saddle. I, I just think this horse has got a big handicap in him. Now, the last three times he's raced, he's gone off his favourite. He won at Ascot in a Class 3 handicap off a mark of... 93. He then went to Ascot again and finished um, six behind St. Lawrence in the Wokingham Stakes off a mark of 102. I thought he ran respectably there. He went off as a 72 favourite. So connections, they obviously thought he had an excellent chance. He was then backed into 130 favourite uh, when he raced at Goodwood uh, in the Stewards Cup. Now, it was really heavy ground on that day and I think that after this race, that he ran in, they abandoned the rest of the card because conditions were just unraceable, really. Um, and his excuses were really that it was just too soft for him. It was described as heavy, and I think anyone could forgive him that run. He comes here off a mark of 101. Maybe you get soft ground again, but I don't think soft ground will be too much of a problem because he has winning form on soft. I think just on that day at Goodwood, it was unraceable and and therefore it just didn't suit him at all but i think on a slightly better ground here uh, i think he's got an excellent chance off 101 he's favorite again if he does get backed a little bit more then you'd have to think that connections think he's got an excellent chance of winning and i just i do think he's got a big handicap in, in him and i think he's possibly still ahead of the handicapper he's only raced eight times um, and I just I think there could be more potential in him and more progression to come. So I'm really looking towards the head of the market here with Horatio. I think he's got an excellent chance. And the other I quite like is happens to be the second favourite is Juan Lapin, uh, Juan Lapin for for Mick Appleby. Now he is eight pounds well in uh, officially on ratings because he's rated 106 and he's running off 98. I don't think he will mind softer ground either. And I think that run behind Comanche fours last time out beaten three quarters of a length. That's a very good run um, in a listed company at York. He's got an excellent chance in here for me. They're both, they both got high draws as well. And I wouldn't be looking away from the top of the market. I think they, they're the two for me in here, Rizzio and Juan Lapan. Yeah, I wouldn't put you off either of those. I say you could make a case for plenty in there. And yeah, they've obviously um, found themselves towards the top of the market. I think Horatio, he's been, like you say, put in for uh, a few big, uh, big parts, expected to win one of them. And maybe this could be his day in the sun. So yeah, Horatio, uh, he could be uh, a good favourite come post time on the day. Significantly is another as well, drawn in store 14, shouldn't be too much of an inconvenience. Off a mark of 94, I'd say he's got a very good chance for Julie Camacho. Now, I quite liked him last season, but I think that he's been found in the market really now. And um, he used to be going under the radar a bit more, but look, he's been performing very consistently uh, this season. And, and I think he could be there or thereabouts as well. 
Now, next, we turn our attention to Newbury. Less runners in this one, five runner race to, to open the card at Newbury in the 130 Dubai International Airport World Trophy Stakes at Group 3. And Chris, I know one caught your eye in here. Yeah, um, that's the favourite sense of duty. Obviously, not original picking this one out. But I thought it was interesting that Tom Marquand is going to be riding at Newbury on Saturday and not air. Um, you would have thought, uh, first on first thoughts, that um, he would have been taking the ride on My Prospero, but he it looks like he's going to ride um, Sense of Duty. That's probably his main big fancy of the day. This is a really interesting filly. She's yet to taste the feet. She's four uh, wins from four runs. Hasn't been seen since uh, winning the Group 3 on Northampton Plate Day at Newcastle uh, last summer. So um, it's a shame that we've not seen her for a little while, but um, I think they must think she's capable of landing a, a big pot um, because otherwise they probably wouldn't keep her in training. You know, she could have easily gone off to the breeding sheds. And the fact she's coming here and there's already a lot of market confidence behind her suggests that they think she's got a good chance. I was just looking at uh, her upcoming entry to see uh, what races she was due to run and I wondered if maybe she had a, an entry in, in, the, uh, in the Abbey and she doesn't. Um, her big um, target looks like on paper at least is the uh, champion sprint stakes and champions day at Ascot and they're obviously looking to get a prep race into her she's entered um, obviously on Saturday and she's uh, entered as well uh, in a conditions race at Beverly on Tuesday I wonder if they're thinking maybe if the ground is too soft at Newbury because she probably doesn't want it bottomless um, they might run her in that conditions race at Beverly on the next Tuesday so probably grounds coming into their thinking here. So I think they do think she's capable of running a big race in a group one. And if she does turn up here, uh, she could be a horse definitely to watch uh, on Saturday afternoon. There's the rest in the field. Uh, Rassel, Nymphadora, they've been around the block. We've got an Irish challenger, Thunderbear, and designer as well for John Butler, a man that, uh, that I'm always looking at uh, to see his runners um not say that uh, she couldn't win, but I think this would be probably a little bit out of her comfort zone and maybe they're trying to look for a little bit of black type with her. But sense of duty, um, obviously, if they've got big aspirations, she really ought to be winning this and ought to be winning it well. So sense of duty is one to uh, keep an eye on in the open race at Newbury on Saturday. And was there another William Haggis horse you liked in the 205 Dubai Duty Free Autumn Cup Handicap? Yes, there was. Uh, the next race on the card, Laffey for Tom Marquand. Again, Ryan, you say for William Haggis. Um, this horse is quite interesting. Uh, it's coming back off a little bit of a break. Ran at Royal Ascot, but ran no race whatsoever. And I subsequently had the chop. He's had a gelding operation. And that just might bring out a little bit of improvement. Um he um, won a maiden at the back end of last season at Nottingham quite well in soft ground. And I just wonder if he wants a bit of a trip and a bit of soft ground. It was uh, good to firm when he ran at Royal Ascot and he clearly probably didn't handle the conditions. So a bit of ease in the ground would probably be right up his street. He's got some interesting entries. He's actually in, in the um, old Rowley Cup at um, Newmarket. Um, Next month, um, that's always a good meeting, that is. I think that's when we've got the Dewhurst and the Cesarevich meeting. So, um, yeah, clearly um, clearly they think 
that uh, he, he's going to be going well in a few decent races this uh, this autumn. And I think Rafi, he's currently 5-1 to one at the moment. I think he's won again. Maybe not necessarily to have a bet on, but maybe one to um, to, to uh, keep an eye on. So it could be a very good day for William Haggish with Mike Prospero for him up north, Sons of Duty and Laffey in the first two races at Newbury. And I actually quite like the look of two of his horses in the 240 Dubai Duty Free Handicap, a class two run over a mile and a quarter. Balance play is your favourite at 7 to 2 for Rafe Beckett. Totenese, 9 to 2 for Andrew Balding. Uh, Le Mans for Richard Hannon at 7 to 1. Mustazid for Harry Eustace at 7 to 1. And bigger are the rest. Anything catch your eye in the 240, Chris? Yeah, well, I think before I give uh, my selection in this race, Katie, I think the listeners of Devon are going to be a little bit upset with you. Um, it's actually Totnes, um, <laughs> lovely town uh, near Dartmouth uh, in South Devon. I've been there myself a couple of times. I've uh, got a couple of nice pubs, so if you're ever in that part of the world, I would definitely recommend a, a meal there. But um, uh, Sorry, Devon. Yeah, yeah. We do, if you uh, if you're from Devon, feel free to bombard Katie's DMs. I'm sure she'll love it. Um, but yeah, going back to this race, um, certain lad for me is a horse that I think he's very hard to win with, but he is coming into a bit of form. I put him up last time out when he ran at Sandown. He finished second behind Dual Identity, who surely could have a good chance in the in the Cambridge handicap next weekend but i just think certain lad this is a, a winnable race for him now he has to carry top weight but george bass is a book for jack shannon claiming the, the three pounds he rode him last time and i just think he wants a little bit of ease in the ground um i don't think he wants it too quick if you go back earlier in the season he finished third at chester's may meeting when he uh, was only beaten two and a half lengths behind pride of america we've seen that horse go on to win the john smith's cup um in the summer this season at york so clearly has got got um got the class in him to run a big race and i just thought this could be his day balance play has to bounce back last time out. I'm not sure if Rafe Beckett's horses, even though they've had a tremendous season, I'm just wondering now if they're starting to get a little bit found out. Totnes, the correct pronunciation, he would have a chance. Uh, Toshisu's a horse that, oh my God, he's been a cliff horse of mine this year. But I just think it's tripless. He's worth taking on. Gassy, not sure. Um, you know, there's a few in here that I think, unlikely to probably run their race and i think if certain lad can replicate that run at sandown last time out i think he i think he's going to go very close so certain lad for me well i respect your loyalty to certain lads you've been putting them up for a while now so hopefully he can get the win for you i have to say i didn't have too strong a fancy in here uh, but I did have a look at the two William Haggis horses. Now, Garcia, you'd expect to be the first string with Tom McBond on board. But I thought Millie Bosch was a bit of an interesting entry uh, in here. He was sent off as seven to two, uh, price of seven to two for the Chesterfield Cup handicap at Goodwood, where Ancient Rome went at 33 to one. I'll just throw that in there. Good old Ancient Rome. That's, um, um, that's when no, men think about it, you see. 
But no, then he, he he only managed ninth, really. It was quite a disappointing run. 11th last time out at Doncaster on, on soft ground. He, I think they've expected more from his, this horse. And it may be because if you look back through his form, he finished third in the Prix du Jockey Club at Chanty once upon a time to the fantastic St. Mark's Basilica, was beaten a length and three quarters and... I think they're probably hoping that he was going to live up to that performance again, and and he hasn't really. He's been quite disappointing since. Um, that has really been his peak performance, and he's been unable to replicate it. But I just wonder if there is something in him that you know there could be a, a good run in him. I, I don't know if it's in this race. He's a big price. He's outside of the field at sixteen to one, but uh, I just think he's quite interesting. So especially on the heavy ground, as it's described at Newbury at the moment, I'd be keeping an eye on him just to to see how he gets on with a look to, to the future, see if there is really any potential there off his mark of 92. Um, but I think, yeah, certain lad for you, Chris. I hope he does the business because uh, you have certainly stayed faithful to him and, and kept the faith and stayed loyal to him. So hope he runs a, a good race for you and I hope Totnes runs well for the people of Devon too. The next race we're going to look at is the Group 2 Dubai Duty Free Mill Reef Stakes 315, the feature race on the card at New Ream. Mr Sketch heads the market at 3-1, to one, 7 questions at 7-2, to two, Array at 5-1, to one, Good Old Hartem at 11-2 to two and Bigger are the rest. Now, I'm a big fan of Hartem. Um, I've been staying loyal to him this season and uh, I will be once again. But are you sticking with me, Chris, or are you going for one of the others? Mm. I thought this could be one of the hardest races we're actually previewing on the podcast this week, even though we do have like the Air and Silver Gold Cup to contend with. But my head was spinning here. I didn't think this is actually a great renewal of the race. Mr. Sketch could be anything, but I would have question marks on a couple of bits of form. Seven questions has been to the well a lot of times this season, but is he a horse for next year? I don't know. Uh, Ray, I was quite keen on his chances to win last time out um, at Kempton, but I just don't think he was given the best ride that day by PJ McDonald. Everything that was coming up the uh, far side, it just wasn't the place to be. So maybe you can forgive him there. He's really well backed. He went off 11-8 to favourite. So clearly Connection Sport, he would run well. Maybe I might give him another chance and get to fully commit um, with him there. Hartem, obviously, like you say, he's been a good horse this season, um, but is looking a little bit exposed. Uh, I thought this was really hard. Um, I probably would just side with a ray obviously we've had the likes of harry angel ribchester win this race in the past i don't think necessarily there's a horse of that caliber in here that could go into those kind of heights but um if i had to give a selection i probably would just side with a ray but i'm not really convinced by anything in this race i'm quite happy to leave it alone well, I can definitely see the case with Array. I think he actually represents a lot of value at around five to one. He's expected to land his maiden uh, at Goodwood when he was just beaten by Mansa Musa, who has really cranked the form by placing in, in two black type races, including a group three at the Curra. 
I think Array is a really classy horse with a classy pedigree. Um, and I really think he's a good price at five to one. But I am staying loyal to Hartem, who is also a lot of value at 11 to two in here. He landed a group two at Goodwood, finished second to what looks like a superstar in City of Troy at Newmarket. Disappointed then at the gym crack. Um, I think he was probably unsuited by the drop back to six furlongs on good to firm ground. A little bit of ease in the ground here. It will definitely help him, and, and I think he's going to have a good chance of bouncing back to some kind of form. Yeah, I would agree with you with Hartem, um, probably being one of the more likely candidates. I think he is a little bit overpriced. Obviously, he has to bounce back after that run at York, but that form of Iberian looks good. Um, and I, I think he should be arguably a shorter price than seven questions. I think they've got the uh, the wrong way around in the market here. I think Hartem should be closer to favourite. So eleven to two, like I can see on my screen here, I think uh, I think that is a slightly big price. But like I say, I'm not. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see maybe a couple of these horses win. Uh, and this one, I'm not got a strong opinion on. But I can see your your case for Hartem. You know, he's got plenty of good form next to his name. And if he was to replicate any of those good runs, he will probably go very close. Now we're going to take a look at the Curra. We're going to go over the Irish Sea um, to a country that I love very much, the island, and we're going to see what they have on at the Curra. We know someone else is going over to the Curra on Saturday, Chris, and with Ryan Moore down in Australia, Frankie de Tori is booked on a few of Aidan O'Brien's rides. Yeah, he is. Um, I always um, take note when Frankie's on a horse for Aidan O'Brien. I think there was a period, I think it was around when we had the COVID going on, that he was actually riding a lot of uh, winners for Aiden. Didn't he ride uh, some Mark's Basilica uh, to win the Dewhurst, didn't he? Yeah, it was around 16 to 1, if I remember rightly. I was. I think that's where I fell in love with some Mark's Basilica. I think, was he running against Wembley and maybe Battleground too? Um, then on the, I think possibly the third string for Aidan O'Brien there with Frankie on board. Great memories. And also then, of course, the wonderful snowfall as well. Yeah, he, he, you know, he's he's always a good uh, good spare if he's around. And uh, yeah, when Aidan books him, um, then yeah, you've really got to take note. He's obviously on Navy Seal here. Um, you know, it could be open some more improvement on the betting I've got in front of me is actually joint with Grosvenor Square who's only run the once but with that ground being tested um, he's already got the experience of winning on it uh, to Galway so that would be a positive he's actually um, out of Athena who wasn't a bad horse uh, for connections um, so you like to think that uh, he could go on to, to bigger and better things just have a look see what he's Entered in here. He's entered in all the big races. Uh, he's entered in the Dewhurst. Um, he's entered in the Futurity uh, Trophy Stakes at Doncaster at the end of October. So, yeah, a lot of big uh, fancy entries for him. And yeah, if he was to win this, uh, you definitely expect him to maybe go into to one of those big uh, uh, Group One races at the end of the season for the juveniles. Yeah, well, I was at Galway when Navy Seal won there and for a long way I thought Bad Desire was going to get there but then all of a sudden Navy Seal just went past, flew to the front and kept galloping all the way towards the line and I thought Connections must have thought a bit of Bad Desire because he was deemed good enough to be sent off at short odds for the Group 3 
at Chantilly last week. Um, didn't run at all well there, which lets down the form a little bit. But I do think Bad Desire could be better than that. And Navy Seal beat him quite comfortably at Galway. So he could take another step forward um, and, and easily win this race. But the one to beat looks to be Joseph O'Brien Stromberg, who has beaten his rivals um, by a combined distance of 17 lengths in his last two races. And he looks ready to make the step up in faster landed black type win as well. So I think that is quite an interesting race. And of course, there's Gromner Square in there too. Only raced the once. Uh, he could really be anything. Is Colin Keane on board, Irish champion jockey. Really interesting race. Um, that one, the 230 Group 2 Beresford Stakes at the Curra. Was there anything else that caught your eye at the Curra, Chris? Um, yeah, there's the big sales race for Goths Million. Always a good spectacle. I think this might be the race that Snazzy Jazzy won, going back onto him. I'm sure he won one of these... Uh, big sales races over at the car maybe it is this one but uh yeah cherry blossom here is an interesting horse frankie's um but to, to ride that one but i'm actually gonna go with a horse here of uh, richard hughes havana great time we know that havana gray does very well with his juveniles i just think it's interesting that he sent him over here i know that night you were doing the tip star final Richard Hughes had a, a few horses laid out, didn't he? Um, did he have two winners on the night and the other one was second, maybe? Um, I know he had a, 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 had a few, and uh, I think the one that got beat... He definitely had the winner in my race. I remember that right. Fair Angelica. Yeah, he definitely did. I think James Doyle was on another winner for him, and then I think the other horse that won... I think that was that, uh, the horse that didn't win. That was actually the shortest price out of the three, and I think he was a bit annoyed... Yeah, that, he was. That one didn't win. So, uh, yeah, Richard Richard Hughes has done really well this year with his juveniles. And I just think this horse is interesting. Coming over the RSC, Neil Callan, it's just been so good to follow this year. Done me plenty of good turns. And I just think at 25 to 1, he could be a horse to maybe outrun his odds. Some of his juvenile form isn't too bad. Um, and, yeah, a big price. He, he's one that caught my eye. Yeah, that's a bit of a shrewd pick there from you, Chris. Um, I really like Cherry Blossom. I think it's it's a, it's a very good race. It's going to be very competitive because it's such a valuable race. But Cherry Blossom, I was really taken by her at York when she was beaten a length by Relief Rally. I think that's a good form line. And I would really like to see her, her win this race. I thought Beauty Thunder was quite interesting for Gear Lions as well. Um, but I think there's a lot in here that, that could surprise us and uh, it's, it's a really tricky race. It's going to be very, very competitive um, as well. Now, we're going to take a quick look at Newmarket because I know there's a few there that you quite like on Saturday, Chris. Yeah, um, arguably the feature on the card is a Cesarevich trial, a race that's dear to my heart. Uh, I put up Great White Shark the year she won. And then um, the year that, uh, what was uh, the horse that Willie Mullins had? I love had? Great White Shark. Loved her. She's yeah. a lovely man. What was the horse? That, burning Victory. Um, I put her up. Um, was keen on her. Willie really Mullins in the bumper then, Grace. Yeah. Well, Burning, <laughs> burning Victory was a horse that I, I thought 
was such a good thing uh, to win the Cesarevich. Backed her each way, so I picked up my money. But I'll never forget when she was chinned by Bud. She was like five lengths clear at the two furlong pole. And the pair of them ran away with it. And oh, just to be mugged in the shadow of the post, that, that's one that I'm never going to forget. And another horse that um, I thought was going to go there was a horse that I really like called Ocean Wind of Roger Teals. A few years ago, I um, earmarked him out um, for this race when I was going on a big nap winning streak. And um, he bolted up in this trial of five to four. And then they said he was going to go to the Cesarevich. But Connections made a mess of the paperwork, which meant, unfortunately, he never got to run. So uh, I always like to, to look at a horse for the Cesarevich uh, in October at Newmarket. And looking at this race, there's definitely a case to be made for a few. I think a few of these are going to be targeting that race. The likes of Campaign Trail has been quite progressive on his last two starts. Rafe Beckett, he won a good race last time at Nottingham where the form hasn't worked out too bad. Grand Providence as well for Andrew Bolden has been maintaining her form really well. But I just think them being three, even though they do get the weight for age allowance, it's a bit of a different ball game. Going on, going on against older horses in this kind of race, and I think those that have a bit more experience, will, that will serve them in good stead. Bashful Boy is interesting for David Pipe. Tom Queeley booked. Jump trainers have a very good record in the Cesarevich, so that's always something you have to uh, to keep an eye on. But the one I've come down on here, I think this horse. Could be a good one. Does have a entry for the race uh, uh, in the Cesarevich next month. And it's 33 to 1 anti-post. That is last ammo for Richard O'Brien and Jamie Spencer. Now this horse um, actually won at the Galway Festival at 40 to 1. But was staying on really strongly. Um, then went on to Kilcarney and then again was coming uh, from from the rear, you know, and was a bit of a real eye catcher that day, running on. I just think this horse wants a real um, good trip over two and a bit miles. And I think this horse off a mark of 90 could actually be well handicapped for this kind of trip. If you go back even two starts ago, finished second behind a horse called Vicio, who actually placed today, finished second in a good race at Listow and the Premier Handicap there. So there's plenty of good form lines. And I just think this horse over these uh, two mile trips does have a, a little bit more to offer. And I could see Jamie Spencer, could be classic Spencer, sitting at the back and picking up the pieces late on. But there's definitely a few that you could make a case in here for. But I think the last ammo, um, if this horse could run well, um, could book his ticket for the Cesarevich next month. So um, that's definitely... Uh, a race I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Then there's just one more race at Newmarket I just want to touch upon. Um, moving on to the last race on the card, the 510, we've got the amateur jockeys, Cambridge. Um, no prices through currently at the time recording here, but uh, I still have faith it's going to be turned out quickly again. Won the uh, Ledger Legends race really easily for um, Tom, Tom, Tom Scudamore um, uh, last weekend. 
But I think this one could still be well handicapped and is um, going really well. Stays over a mile and two, so should still be doing her best work, uh, his best work, sorry, at the end. If you look at some of the horses he's beaten this season, Warren Hill, that horse went on to win. He then beat Alakaifi by a short head. That horse won at the weekend at Don, uh, Doncaster. Totnes is in that race as well, who's arguably... Um, who's arguably a fair handicapper and then ran um, a good race the next time out went and shin forth at Newmarket on the July course so plenty of good form next to their name Fern O'Brien has been getting quite a few opportunities in this kind of level um, and I think is well in uh, as well despite having to carry a £6 penalty for that win last weekend I think this horse probably is likely to go go off favourite but would have a favourite's chance in my opinion and uh, I still have faith is, is another one uh, I think punters should be keeping an eye on on uh, Saturday afternoon. Interesting thoughts from Chris there on the card at Newmarket. I had one more I quite fancied um, and it's in the last at York in the 530. It's a fast four handicap and there's a horse in here. He's been a bit of a cliff horse for me. It's Dark Jedi for Tim Easterby. I just think he's very well handicapped off a mark of 83. He's been used to running in higher class company and he's £12 below his last winning mark now. And that was when he was victorious at Doncaster last October. This is his 53rd career start, but it's at a, at a track where he often runs quite well. And I think the dropping class, as well as the ease in the ground conditions, I think it, it could put him in with a really good chance. And he's usually... Uh, a nice each way price as well so I one for me um at York there's a lot running at York that that old favorites of mine but that Jedi is the one that has, has really caught my eye and I think he has an, an excellent opportunity of returning to the winner's enclosure yeah I've got one just to add at York as well um this is a really uh, long podcast so we're dragging it out but uh, one I like quite liked here at York um arguably their best race on the card is uh the um it's a three forty five seven furlong handicap. Um Percy's lad for the Kublers. Um was a good run last time out, just hinting at a return to form, finished um uh, second at Chester behind Master Richard and I just think it's down to a good mark now of ninety four. He's running some good races this season uh, didn't run badly at all at Royal Ascot finishing seventh behind Witch Hunter finished fourth over a mile at this uh, track last year so we know he can go well at, at this venue um, and he was actually rated three pound high then and Percy's lad I just think with Russell Ryan booked he's riding like a demon at the moment Kubler's going well I'm not sure what price he's going to be but if you can maybe get around about the eight to one kind of mark I think that's a solid each way bet and I think he'll go close so Percy's Lad is my final selection of the podcast this week. Well, it has been a long podcast, but it's been quite enjoyable. I've enjoyed it. Hope you have too. And I hope the listeners have enjoyed it. So if they got this far, they can let us know what they thought of this podcast. A little bit different um, to usual, but uh, no, hopefully they did enjoy it. So please let us know if you did. Uh, and don't forget to follow us on all the social media channels and on YouTube now as well. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.